News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio, where you want it, when you want it. Good morning, Saskatchewan. This great morning at, uh, with so the weather changes so much that, you know, I've seen lots of people outside and enjoying the days. Lots of cross-country skiers out. Uh, noticed that yesterday that they're uh, just unbelievable how many people were cross-country skiing. So that's great to see people out and even drive buying Optimus Hill in Saskatoon uh, over deep Baker Park. Lots of people on the hill finally getting the itch and be able to get outside from that cold weather we had and be able to enjoy the outdoors and uh and it's just something to do and even things to do in your backyard. If you'd like to join me, uh, just give me a call at one 332 8255 And you can do that by even calling or texting the same number, one 332 8255 And I'd like you to join me this morning and any calls relating to your garden, to your houseplants, uh, maybe some of your um, things that you want to get pruned outside and uh, some of the things you maybe had issues with last year uh, with your plants and trees. Um, one thing you can do is that remember that um, even pruning your trees, uh, that's very important to think about. Um, uh, our days are getting longer. You can do more things outside a little bit longer. It's kind of neat seeing that. But but one tree that's special that you got to think about is the elm trees uh, because we do in Saskatchewan have a pruning ban from April 1st until September 1st. So uh, if you're thinking about doing any pruning of your elm trees, it has to be done before April 1st. So uh, it's a good idea if, especially some of the bigger trees, you best to get an arborist to help you out um, with some of their climbing equipment and some of their boom trucks they have. And so you want to book that uh, before uh, too long because they will, as the time gets closer to April 1st, they'll be very busy um, getting that done. And so even the, the municipalities, the towns, the cities and everything else are busy that tie up a lot of those crews just to get this, a lot of this, the the, uh, the city uh, boulevards, town boulevards all pruned up and uh, even like even like SAS Power uh, has to do all the pruning as well around the wires of elm trees and that uh, during that time as well. So if you're thinking about doing some pruning uh, of elm trees, it's best to get that booked as soon as possible. Um, another thing we've seen in the news uh, this that's happening today is the, which, which, Affects gardening in, in in a way is that uh, uh, the the at the Canadian border they're stopping uh, any truck drivers coming over from um, uh, not being vaccinated. Uh, something that um, needs to be done, but it also we also know that it's going to impact uh, uh, everything from your food. A lot of the food comes from the California area, all your vegetables and those kind of things. And so less truckers, uh, less food. So that means a rising in prices. And we've already had notice of our supplies uh, for even seed starting and other gardening products uh, is going to be delayed uh, because this, this, the, the shortage of truckers to begin with, um, uh, there was a delay already, but this is going to add to that delay again. So there's a cost to everything. And uh, so we just have to be patient and uh, things will come in hopefully before, hopefully before spring is over. And um, uh, like I know, I had one one uh, uh, set of uh, seeds starting plants supposed to come in in January. Uh, uh, all the little uh, peat pots and all that kind of stuff. It's now not going to be here until the end of February. So it's uh, uh, we're seeing a lot of that uh, supply chain issues throughout every industry uh, in Canada and, and around the world. So it's uh, it's something you're going to have to get used to, and uh, and we'll see what we can do about taking care of that. Well, we have we got Paul here from Saskatoon. We're going to go right to Paul. A call here. Good morning, Paul. How are you today? I'm good, Rick. How are you? Very good. 
Good. Um, Rick, I'm, uh, I'm going to be starting my pepper plants here about uh, the beginning of February. Yep. And um, I have, there's two levels. There's a bench on there. I grow about 120 pepper plants yep. on top. And I want to utilize the bottom now, the ground level. Yes. Yep. Um, what would be a good plant to grow down there? It gets very hot in there in the summertime. Yeah, how about how about for the when do you when do you want to start down there? Um, well, the, the, I'll I'll start them in the house. Okay, you so know, I was thinking, make watermelons. Is that something that would grow in there? Yeah, or? The biggest part you're going to have an issue with, and we see that, and we try to do it a lot because in 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 the in the retail greenhouse that we have, we stack things like because we're turning things over very quickly. But even in the short time that we have things stacked on the floor and everywhere else plants tend to stretch because there's less light that's going to be the biggest area so like you said your melons and that kind of stuff yeah. um, they're going to want to grow up and stretch unless unless you have enough height there that you can actually put a grow light underneath that bench right and then the but the one thing you have to be careful about too is you've got water dripping through right so it has to be something that is protected so that it doesn't get wet from the bench above oh right so uh, and so you got water dripping down, and there's all th- other things too. Is that you have to be careful about when you're when you're watering when when you're watering uh, your your plants on top, and the water goes through and dripping down to the plants be- below. There's chance of other uh, spreading bacterias and those kind of things with the water dripping down. Yeah. So it's not a good idea for a long period of time to do that. Okay. You can do it for a short period of time, but if you're trying to grow things for a long period of time, it's just not a great way of doing it unless you can isolate the, you know, you put a, a, a pan on the top so that you're draining the water, you know, so it's not dripping down through the bottom, yeah. and then also putting a light so that those plants don't tend to stretch so much. Okay, yeah, I've been storing pots and stuff underneath there yep. and, you know, stuff that... You know, just for when I'm growing my peppers, and I was thinking, boy, I'm wasting the space. But yeah, I do understand. I'll get that powdery mildew and stuff like that. Yeah, on them, I guess eh? you'll get all kinds of those kind of things happening. You need to. You don't have quite as. You have to set up fans and that kind of stuff. So you get a good air movement underneath there as well. Yeah. Uh, so those are the kind of things that that. The darkness is the big one. That's going to be your biggest uh, issue. But you can combat that with lights. But also, like I said, water, air movement. Yeah. Uh, in the winter time, it's going to be it's colder at the floor. Yep. Especially in your type of a greenhouse that you probably have, yep. uh, it's warmer up higher on the bench, but down at the floor level, that's where the cold drops down to. So, um, so you, you'd have to wait until like April to do that. But you could you could always start some things for a very short period of time down there. But it's um, uh, it's best to um, not to use that space for long term growing. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. I, I do appreciate you taking the time because okay. uh, you know I, I just would have had nothing but issues. Eh? Okay. Have a Appreciate great day, it, buddy. You're welcome. Thanks. Yeah, there's lots of calls like that where you you get uh, you can we can join me here and ask ask questions like that. And call me at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. But yeah, it's, it's time to start thinking about all the different things we need to get done, and and uh, and space is always good. But you know what? He talked. Paul talked about not being able to use the space underneath the bench. But you can use the space up higher than the bench by putting a few hanging pots and those kind of things 
hanging from the ceiling. And then as long as you don't put them too thick that you still get light penetrating through, but you can use some of that space because it's usually a little bit warmer up there. So plants will start a little bit quicker. And so um, a lot of the greenhouses, they use the up, upper space a lot. Uh, they just don't use the under space as much unless, unless uh, like I said, we talked about it. We uh, get a lot more of the light and everything else. Um, so anyways, we talked about, um, about um, the supply issues of, of plants and everything else. So that's going to be an issue for uh, a lot of different um, uh, supplies, right down from tools to, to seeding, start, starting seeding uh, uh, um, uh, supplies like pots and trays and all those kind of things. Uh, we're we're going to be seeing that. So uh, one thing, you, if you want to start earlier, if you see it out there, because some of the, a lot of the garden centers and and uh, some of the other chain stores, and those have supplies left over from last year. If you want to start earlier, you're best to grab it quick because uh, it, if once they once they put it out the display, it'll disappear very quickly and it might not get replenished until uh, uh, a little bit later on in in the in the spring here. So more like the end of February, beginning of March, from what I'm seeing around the whole uh, industry right now. So uh, so otherwise, even when you're going to think about cleaning up your trays, we'll talk about that after we get back from the break as well, is that what you can use to reuse some of those trays. And uh, But you have to be careful about that too. So join us after the break here. This is Rick Van Davendijk. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980 CJME. Good morning and welcome to Garden Talk. I'm Rick Van Davendijk. Lucky to join me here at one 332 8255 And you can do that by either calling or texting at one 332 8255 One thing we've seen a lot of people uh, this time of the year, they don't think about that, but they should be. Is is planning their their backyard now? There's a lot of people that are that are, that is a lot of houses, new houses been built built, and there are a lot of people thinking about renovating their yards. Uh, some of them done a lot in the last pandemic, last couple of years because they've been home. Uh, but there's still been a lot of people uh, thinking about doing their yards. And if you're thinking about not doing it yourself and hiring somebody or getting a plan done, uh, best to think about that now in January rather than waiting until April or May. Uh, because uh, talking to a lot of landscapers, a lot of them are booked up with, with a lot of their projects from they didn't get finished up last fall yet. So if you're thinking about hiring a professional, uh, either just to make a design for you or to actually do the work for you, uh, now's the time to get in contact and get in some, getting some of the quotes done. And uh, that way, if you get a quote done, at least you can uh, make some decisions and then book it before. So you don't have to get it, you know, so you get it in the queue earlier to get it done rather than waiting until the end of summer when they can fit you in if you wait until April or May once the snow's gone to actually think about, oh, maybe we should get our yard done this year. So if you're thinking about doing that, absolutely um, uh, think about um, um, doing that and taking care of that. On the text line, we have a, a couple couple of uh, texts here. Um, good morning, Rick. Can you tell me how to winter my poinsettia plants so I can have them for next Christmas? This is Wendy from Saskatoon. Okay, very simple. With the poinsettias, just make sure that uh, I would suggest, first of all, if they're in that nice little shiny foil that, that is around the pot, take it out of that take it out of that foil because you can actually control the watering a bit better. Because otherwise, that foil traps the water, any excess water, and it sits in the water and ends up rotting the roots at the bottom of the pot. So take it out of there for sure. Um, make sure that you can put a lot, lot, doesn't have to have direct sunlight, but a lot of, uh, uh, fairly bright, bright room and just treat it like a house plant. 
and uh, and what'll happen is that you'll lose some of the eventually you lose some of the red bracts that you'll have on them. The, obviously, the flowers will be finished with it's inside inside by the red bracts, and then it'll just be a green plant. And then what you suggest you do with that is that um, just treat it like a house plant and uh, water it as you would normally do your other house plants. And you, if you want to, you could even after the risk of frost is gone, you know, after the main long weekend, you could actually plant that out into the garden if you wanted to. And uh, and then just treat it like your regular other annual plants that you have out there. Just got to remember that uh, you have to bring it back into you have to start getting the acclimatized and get it ready to back, bring back into the house uh, around the September long weekend. And uh, once you do that, just get it either potted back up if you planted the ground or if it's in a pot outside, then make sure that the um, best thing to do is scout it very well, make sure you debug it and make, get all the bugs out before you bring it indoors. And then uh, just treat it like a house plant again until about... Um, Oh, about, about the middle of September or so. Then you want to start, once you start getting to the middle of September, end of September, then you want to start going into, uh, equal daylight hours and, and night hours. Okay. So you want to make sure that you put the plant into a closet, uh, no light at all for 12 hours and then out into bright light for the next 12 hours. And then you can start the process all over again. By next Christmas, you'll start getting the red, um, bracts again. So very easy, just uh, fertilizing, just like you would do normally with the other house plants, and um, that will take care of it. Um, right now we have here also Keith uh, from Assiniboine. Good morning, Keith. How are you? I'm doing well, Rick, yourself. Very good. Good. Uh, hey, we have a, uh, we call it a corn plant, so I'm not sure how to pronounce it, Jucania or something yep. like Okay, and the leaves have been falling off. Like, we've lost probably 90% of the leaves. Um I don't know if it's too wet, too dry. We haven't uh, fertilized it. We kind of heard not really to fertilize much in the wintertime for an indoor plant. But also, uh, we did have some fruit flies around Christmas time. I don't know if they came in on a box of mandarin oranges from uh, Morocco or where they came from. And or do we have spider mites? We haven't seen anything. So I'm just kind of... We're kind of lost to where, what direction to go here. We have we have given it no fertilizer, so okay. So, a couple of things is that they they do need fertilizer in the winter time as well. Okay, at, at least suggest. at least once a month. Okay, so what I suggest you can do is if you don't need a high fertilizer, I don't know what you have at home already. We've got twenty twenty twenty, and we thought that was too much, so that's why I'm calling. Yeah, if you want to use twenty twenty twenty, use it. Uh, I, don't use it about every third to fourth watering. Okay. You obviously don't water it as much in the wintertime, so that, that, that'll work out to by, by basically once a month, okay? If you do it both. Because we're watering this once a week. Yeah, so like I said, every third to fourth watering. Okay. And then use your 20 20 20, but go half strength in the wintertime. 20 20 20, half, half strength. strength, okay? It definitely needs food. Um, uh, the plants just won't survive without any food because that soilless mix that you have, uh, it just can't, it's not gaining any, any nutrients. So you'll have to put that there. Uh, one thing you watch is that corn plant, how long has it been in that container? Uh, sometime. And I can't answer that for sure, but we've had a, I don't know if it's been a year or two. It's, it's been a while. Yeah. So what you may want to do is go to just one size larger. Okay. So one size larger, so I'm not sure what size the pot it is right now, if it's in a 12-inch pot or a 14-inch pot, I'm not sure, depending on the size of the plant. But right. only go one size larger, which means you only go, if it's a 12-inch, you go to a 14-inch, okay? Okay. okay? If it's a 10-inch, you go to a 12-inch. But don't go to uh, from a 10-inch to a 24-inch. 
I understand. The plant will not like that at all. Okay. Okay. Check check for your spider mite. Also, don't forget your your um, the corn plants like very bright light. Okay. So right. we have it in the kitchen out of direct sunlight, but it is bright in there. Good. That's they don't actually need bright light, direct sunlight, but they need bright light. And also uh, watch for spider mite, like you were saying. Now you need a magnifying glass to see the spider mite. You otherwise you just can't see them from the eye, basically, unless you you know what the the signs to look for. The little tiny webbing on the back of the leaves. Uh, it's really hard to see, but you have to almost use a magnifying glass to see it. We'll check and see with, uh, what yeah. leaves we have left. Like yeah. you say, there's probably 10 or 15% of the leaves left, but we'll check those yeah. with a magnifying check, glass. We check with a magnifying glass and just use some Endol or things like that to, to spray them, especially the backside of the leaves. That's where they, that's where they mostly stay. Right. And then that'll take care of them. But also watering, um, you basically stick your, your, your index finger as far as it can go into the soil. Okay. So take your index okay. finger, stick it as far as you can into the soil. If you feel moisture, don't water it. Okay. Okay. If and you, we do have one of those probes that indicates, uh, yep. you know, the, how much the moisture is. And I, yeah, we put it in a good inch or so. Yep. Perfect. An inch, inch and a half, and it should be dry completely uh, at that inch and a half. And then, yeah. then water it thoroughly so the water comes out the bottom of the pot. Okay. Okay. And then don't water it again until that inch and a half is dry again. Okay. Okay. And then I mean totally dry that that top. You know, then water it right through right to the bottom again. Okay. And those kind of things, and then just like I said, just if you if you want if you got if you want to really get growing with more leaves, just maybe move it into a little bit a little bit of direct sunlight this time of the year. It won't hurt it because we aren't getting that much sunlight, right? Uh, right. This time of the day. So even if you move it in a bit of direct sunlight, that would help a lot as well. Something that gets an hour or two a day. Yep, that's perfect. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your help, Rick. We appreciate it. Have a great day. Bye bye. Well, that's, we have another couple of callers on the line, so we'll get to that coming up here right after the break here. We also have some uh, some uh, text messages we need to get on here for from Linda from Langham and a few more here, so we'll get at that after the break as well. Um, you can join us here at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five, and we'll answer your calls just like we have here in their text here in the, in the call, and we'll get to a few more things about starting seeds as well. After the, after the news break and also about how to clean your trays and those kind of things if you want to reuse them and those kind of things. So you can check all that out and, um, uh, we'll, we'll check those, um, especially top of the plants where it's, he, we had the problems of, of light in here. So we have some house plants we're going to talk about to where people can grow them where they don't have so much light and, uh, things like your, your snake plants and your peace lily. So we'll talk a little bit more of that after the break as well. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980. CJME. Good morning and welcome to Garden Talk. Thank you for joining us and uh, give us a call at one 332 8255 and you do that by either calling or texting at one 332 8255 and just like Cheryl and Regina, we're going to go right to her. Good morning, Cheryl. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. Very good. I wanted to know if I could uh, start the cones from Blue Spruce. Yes, uh, you can. Uh, one thing you got to remember when you start from blue spruce, uh, when they do come up, they're going to either be green or blue or green blue. Okay, uh, you you won't every time will get exactly all as blue. Like if you have a really really blue one, uh, it might not turn out as blue as what you had because they've been cross pollinated, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but you will get them. Now you just need to make sure that um, when you when you when you try to seed them, try to seed them into. Um, Almost like a uh, like a, a a soil that has a 
more of that, like your houseplant soil, uh, or even a more of a, almost like a bark mix, you know, like, um, um, like a, almost like a, like a, like we use in the, in a, in a, in a cedar mulch bed. Uh, I find that, uh, in, out in the acreage, that's where they, they want to seed voluntarily a lot is right in the mulch and they just come up like crazy. And so, but you, you definitely can start them up and, uh, and get them started from, from seed. Uh, that's the way the nurseries all start them up is all from seed. And mm-hmm. the, only, the only thing you have to do is once, once they start coming up, what the nurseries do is they, they start selecting which ones are green and which ones are blue and they separate them out, uh, once they start growing. Do I plant the whole cone or do I get seed? You'll, you'll get the seed out of the cone. Okay. Yep. Thank you. Okay. Okay. You're welcome. So yeah, as simple as that. And uh, we also have here, um, uh, we had a call here, um, plan on planting some apple trees in the spring, uh, three different varieties. Uh, this is from Chris and PA. Uh, will this cause uh, cross-breeding of the apples? Any suggestions of varieties? Okay, the only only thing that's going to affect the the apples won't change uh, when from cross pollinating. Only the seeds in the apple will change from the cross pollinization, and so. But a lot of our apples that are in the prairies are aren't grown right from seed, anyways. The 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 rootstock is, but the but the the top is all mostly uh, budded or grafted, and so that's just to make them hardier for Saskatchewan. So a lot of times your seed that comes from the apples, once you plant them, they'll revert back to the root stock which is just a cr- little tiny crab so you won't very often will get uh, any apples that was um, actually directly related to the apple tree that you have you have to do that by either a grafting or budding to get them the same so um so you don't have to worry about the apples changing because you got three different ones no they'll be whatever uh the apple you picked uh, you purchased and that'll be the apple it'll always be so some suggestions chris says asking for some suggestions for uh, prince albert areas uh, probably, uh, it all depends on whether you're out in the country or in the town, uh, in the city where you got some more, um, pr- protection, more climate protection. Uh, if you're in the city, there's a whole bunch of them that you can use, but I would suggest, uh, if you want a nice, good cooking and eating apple, Goodland is a nice one. Uh, if you're in the city, also, um, uh, Honeycrisp, great one. Uh, Fall Red or September Ruby, another couple of nice ones, and also um, Prairie Sensation, uh, developed by the University of Saskatchewan, is a great one. And then if you live out in the, in the country, uh, Goodland, um, September Ruby, Prairie Sensation, um, uh, those are probably the three that, that will do the best out there. Oh, and if you want to go to a crab, uh, uh, the best crab out there would probably be the Rescue or, or cur, or if you want uh, really to make more uh, jams and those kind of things, the doggo crab, which is a little red crab, uh, just just zillions of crabs, uh, great for making um, jams and jellies and and if you want to make little pies and that kind of stuff, uh, that that would work as well. Um, so then that's for, they're all very, very hardy and can, can handle uh, our climate out there. So, but uh, those are the ones that I would suggest, like I said, a little bit different from in the city to whether you're out in an acreage or not quite as much uh, uh, protection, then you would change the different varieties that you have. But you can definitely have success in growing apple trees uh, if you're out in the country. The only thing you have to watch out there for is just making sure you're protecting the trunk from any rabbits or voles or, um, or even the deer. Uh, you, need, you might have to put, a, if you have deer, you might have to put a little, for the winter time, you might have to put a little fence around them. In the summertime, I never worry about it too much because they just prune them on the, on the tips. So it's not really that big of a deal. But in the wintertime, they will actually eat a lot of the tree. So just protecting them that way. 
Um, also, what you can do here is I got here, uh, Linda from Langham. I have a fig tree. I like to reshape it. How much can I cut it back? Fig trees, like any other tree, they, they love to be cut back. So you can cut it back up to a third, okay, on the fig tree. Uh, they will, they will like that a lot. Uh, they will just, you'll see, you'll just get all kinds of new growth and, uh, it'll just, and shape the plant so that it might, or if the plant is getting way too large, some people bought this smaller fig tree and over the years it's just gotten, just taken over the area. And so, um, it just, one thing about pruning them back is don't be afraid. That's all I can say is don't be afraid to prune it back. Uh, one thing I remember about fig trees, if you do decide because of the size of it or you just want to move it, uh, one thing you got to remember about fig trees, when you do move them and you change the light conditions, fig trees will drop a lot of leaves. Now, don't be worried about that. That's not a big problem because all they're doing is adapting to their new surroundings. So if you move it into a lower light area, they'll drop a bunch of the leaves and they'll grow bigger leaves, okay, larger sized leaves to be able to capture more light. Or if you move it more into the sunlight, and it'll drop the leaves and put smaller leaves on. There again, it's just adapting to its surroundings. And so you'll see that a lot, especially if you purchase a fig tree and you bring it home. It came from a greenhouse uh, where where it was just, you know, just lots of light and just great conditions. And you go into home, you'll, people always call after about a week or so after they've had them and say, what's wrong with my fig? It's dropping all the leaves. Uh, it's normal. And uh, so it'll just drop the leaves and it'll just grow new ones to adapt to the area. So, but absolutely, if you want to prune that, reshape it, uh, now's a great time to do it in the wintertime when the plant's a little bit more dormant. It's not as growing as much as when it has more light uh, like we have in the summertime here. Uh, so now's a great time to prune it. And also just make sure uh, you, you're fertilizing during the wintertime too, about every third to fourth watering again, and uh, and the plant will do good. And so fertilizing, you can either use your 20-20-20 or your Schultz's uh, seven drops per liter, or you can use the alfalfa pellet tea, or you can even put the alfalfa pellets right on top of the uh, of the soil. And then every time you water it, it just takes a little bit of fertilizer down with it. And uh, one thing I like about the alfalfa pellet tea, rather than even the 20-20-20, is the alfalfa pellets will give them all the other um, micronutrients, like the boron, the magnesium, the zinc, and everything else, which you don't have in your strict 20-20-20. So um, you can check that out there. Also, um, um, we have one one thing about we talked about when if you want to start seeding your your seeds and you want to reuse your containers one thing to remember is that you need to sterilize those containers uh really well so take a, a bleach and water will work um, use dip them in and let them soak in the water for a little bit so make a little pail or something like that you can stick them into and same thing your trays very important to get them totally clean and before you use them again um because there's all kinds of pathogens that might be on there that'll stop those little new seedlings from germinating, and then you're going to cause problems that they're they're just going to they're basically going to rot off at this at, even before they germinate or once they pop out of the ground. So make sure you clean them really well, and uh, in your all your surroundings, everything you use, try to keep everything as clean as possible, and you'll have better success 
in those seating, those, those, those. So even your tray, your, your uh, heating mat that you might have underneath them, uh, you might have a dibbler that you little poke little holes in the soil that you might put them on, on, on the ground or your, you want to clean that, your, your, your dome that you have over top of your trays. You want to make sure you clean that as well, really well with the bleaching water and just keep it all clean. So join us after the break here, and uh, this is Rick Van Damenek. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKM and 980 CJME. Good morning and welcome to Garden Talk. I'd like you to join me and give me a call or text at one 332 That's one 332 And we have a whole bunch of texts here. We're going to start getting through here. And um, first of all, we have um, Mark from Regina. My... Uh, Amarillo, so amaryllis bulb is finished blooming. Can I keep it? It has several leaves, but they're turning yellow. So absolutely, as long as your stalk and in your amaryllis, uh, basically what you want to do is you, you can just trim off, if you have old flower buds on them still, you can trim those off, but don't leave that main stalk up until it turns basically brown or black, okay, and almost starts curling over. Then you can trim it down right down to the, to the top of the, the bulb where it basically comes, the spot where it comes out of the bulb. And then obviously the leaves being there, just make sure you move the plant to lots of bright light. It's just as soon as the, um, uh, the flowers are finished, move it to bright light because the, uh, the leaves like the bright light. And also, um, you can just leave it in the same pot. Uh, just give it a little bit of light fertilizer, like a more of an organic fertilizer and don't water too much, but just water, just keep it slightly moist, but not wet at all. So, uh, because it's a bulb and, uh, it can stay in the same pot and then you can either put that pot outside for the summertime or it can actually pull it out of the pot and plant it into the garden if you want. Just make sure you bring it back out of the garden, uh, by the September long weekend. Uh, so that's yeah, definitely, I've had people that have had their amaryllis bulbs for many, many, many years. And so, um, you can have it, uh, rebloom for you each year. So another one is I have here, uh, Dave from Kindersley. Uh, I have an aloe vera. has lots of thin leaves, kind of dwindle and die. It doesn't look very healthy. Not in a very big, uh, not a very pla- big plant, about six inch pot, uh, about a six by six, which, um, uh, so that, that's fine. The six inch pot for that size of plant is lots. Just remember, uh, you can use a cactus style fertilizer for that plant when you're fertilizing it. And also just make sure that it doesn't need very much water. So you, you want to let it dry out between waterings. It's very important. And, uh, if you keep it too wet, then you will get rotting of the roots. And then you'll, especially then you'll start getting issues at, at the top of the leaves. So make sure also bright light, um, uh, very important. Um, even some direct sunlight, it'll just love it and, uh, it'll do good. Uh, we're gonna go right on to Mary Ann in Martinsville. Just gotta grab the right mouse here. Good morning, Mary Ann. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. Very good. You have a question about apple trees. I sure do. So just what Rick was talking about a little while ago about apple trees and grafting and that the original, the seeds may not be the orig- what the apple tree actually is. So we right. have a Norland apple tree that's probably 20 years old. Yep. It's dropped some seeds. So we've let some seedlings grow that are like four feet now. Yep. So you're telling me that that may not actually be Norland apple then? No, it'll be probably just a, like what you can do is you can use those plants to bud uh, some buds from your other uh, apple tree. Okay, from your Norland, and then you can create those buds will be the actual Norland apple tree. But you okay. can you can use that rootstock, those little seedlings that are coming up, 
you, yep. can, you can use them actually to, to, to butt it on. It's perfect. That would be, that would be the perfect thing to do and, uh, to be able to start a new Norland apple or, or if you want to get a bud from a neighbor's tree or what, they might have a different apple tree. Uh, you can do that as well. But yeah, okay. the, the apples, you won't get the same true to name apples from uh, those seedlings. Yeah, okay. I'm glad I heard your comment before because yep. I thought this was a true Norland coming yep. up. <laughs> and and, it, and it's very easy to bud, okay? Just just Google budding an apple tree. It's okay. very simple. You don't have to be afraid to do it. It's very simple to do. And uh and you can bud that 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 new apple for, just take one bud from your apple tree and then you can t- do a tea bud which is making a tea and then putting that bud into the into that other uh the, the seedling that you have. And you okay. can create a new plant, and then you can transplant it after that to wherever you want to. Okay, perfect. I'll, okay. Be, I'll be Googling it to figure okay. it out for perfect. sure. But thank you so much for your help. You're welcome. Have a great day. Bye-bye. So we have here some other one. I have uh, another um, uh, text here from Jeanette from Regina. Can I cut my hibiscus back? It has lots of... Uh, lots of uh, lots of leads, but new gr- new. But I don't see a l- lot of new growth. Any ideas? Absolutely. Just like we had that uh, text earlier about a fig tree, the hibiscus love to be trimmed. So you can trim it up to a third, cut right back to about a third, and um, and then make sure hibiscus love 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 lots of direct sunlight. Okay. So the more direct sunlight you can give it, the better it'll bloom. Uh, remember, if your hibiscus is if it's been a couple of years since you've transplanted it. You, that was a great time to get a one size larger pot. Remember that one thing about house plants is that they they don't like to be put into a great big pot from being in a smaller pot. So only go one size larger at a time. So you're going to go from uh, if it's in a in a 16 inch pot, you're going to go to an 18 inch pot, maximum up to 20 inch pot. Um, but don't go into a 30 inch or anything like that. It's just too too big. It won't like it. And to, the plants do better, especially for flowering. Once the roots hit the side of the pot, that's when they start flowering like crazy. So the the bigger the pot you put transplant it into, the longer it takes for those roots to hit the edge of the pot, and then the longer it will take to really start blooming a lot again. So, but actually, the hibiscus, don't be afraid. That's that's all I can say is don't be afraid to cut it back and uh, at least a third, and uh, and then give it some fertilizer. And uh, in the wintertime, fertilize every fourth, third or fourth watering. Uh, you can go every second watering in the summertime and uh, in the spring and summer. And then um, that'll be great to do for that way. Um, another text here I got. Good morning. If I'm watering with snow water, do I still need to fertilize? Absolutely. Uh, snow water does have a lot of minerals and different things in it. Uh, it help, it's a lot better than, than using distilled water. Um, and way better than using tap water, obviously. Um, so, but you still need to add some fertilizer. Uh, you still need some nutrients. And what I suggest you do is, like I said, you can either use a, uh, in the wintertime using half strength 2020 if you have it, or if you have that Schultz's, you know, seven drops in a water, in a liter water, you can use that, or you can use alfalfa pellets or the tea. Uh, there's a bunch of other organic ones that you can use as well to add all those other micronutrients in as well. If you want some growth to happen, which they still will do some growing, uh, they will need some, some, some nutrients. So, uh, very important. Um, so, um, uh, here I have also from Mark from Langenberg. Uh, curious, when's the best time to prune an ash tree and poplar trees? Live on a farm and planted a bunch of trees in 2016. You'd be pruning, but when's the best time to do it? You can prune all summer long. It's not a problem. Uh, all winter long, sorry. Uh, I like myself, I like pruning in the, in the month of, 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 of March. 
uh, the very first week of April because the weather's a little bit better usually. Uh, but with weather like this right now, not a problem to do at all. So you can do that and check that out. Well, you know what? Thank you for joining me today. That just about wraps up the show. Um, uh, I would like you to join us every week here on Garden Talk. And uh, we can do a lot of different things. We never did get to a few things about some of the shade plants. But there's a lot of things you can do to uh, to take care of those. And um, so things like for some of the shade plants, just a couple of quick ones. Snake plant, peace lily, uh, sago palm, the nerve plant, Chinese evergreen philodendron. There's a whole bunch, but we'll be talking about that again next week. So thank you for joining us here, listening to Garden Talk. Uh, I'm Rick Van Davidek. This is Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980 CJM. Me.